ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. I'm Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlan, asking Louisiana seniors to call us before making changes to your Medicare plan. Calling a number you saw on TV promising discounts and benefits may switch your plan to one that's not right for you. Instead, call the Senior Health Insurance Program. We make sure your doctors and medications are covered, and we check to see if you qualify for help with Medicare cost. Contact us at 1-800-259-5300. Brought to you by the Senior Health Insurance Information Program. New Orleans Pelicans basketball is on the air. Bounce feed to Jonas. Up top, B.I. Straight away three. Bucket! Bucket! Ingram, hook pass, left corner, CJ, catch and shoot three. Down for McCollum! Hi, this is Todd Graffinini. Join Daniel Sallerson and me as the Pelicans take on the Denver Nuggets. Sunday at 7 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. Come on, citizen! What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone! We want you to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Welcome back. Looking forward to tomorrow's game. 3.30 over there in Thibodeau, we spoke with head coach Austin Claunch and Jack Benjamin from the Nichols contingent. Head coach Mark Schlesinger at 12.30 joined us. And coach of the Privateers and now Jude Young will join us. At Jude Young is the way to follow him over on Twitter and, of course, CrescentCitySports.com as well. He calls the games for the Privateers. Jude, good afternoon. How are you, bud? Hey, Gus. I'm doing well, man. Definitely looking forward to tomorrow. It's as big a game as it gets in the regular season. I was happy that Coach Schlesinger didn't, you know, blame me because um, he came on the show and then you know lost. <laughs> you know, we can't tend to be superstitious. I mean, I, I kept wearing the dark blue navy slacks to call women's games when we won nine in a row. Now that we've lost, I can go back to whatever else I want. Are, are you superstitious at all when you call games? Yeah, I am. You know. I funny that you say that even with uh us having that nine game streak broken uh throughout uh the season and the conference i've worn this white hoodie to the arena for every game and it's become a thing with me everybody knows i'm wearing it nobody says anything uh (laughs) they notice that you know i I pretty much have am a creature of habit i'm much more so and it sounds like you are too than mark Schlesinger, though fortunately he just focuses on the task at hand but you know, it's sort of like with baseball. You don't mm-hmm. want to touch the uh, white lines when you're stepping on and off the field, that sort of thing. I think right. we're all a little superstitious, some more than others. Not that bad. I mean, the graph absolutely <laughs> is. He, he he doesn't want me to text him during games. You know, if, if a team's winning or, or like, I, I'm not allowed to text. Apparently, somehow I juju teams that way. But, you know, June, I saw you back earlier in the season when the season first started, man. When uh, you guys took on Rice, I was filling in for the Rice play-by-play and got to see that team. And what struck me was UNO's athleticism. You could see somewhat that talent that they had there. They dropped that game and probably should have won it. 
since then, though, when you look at the season, how would you, I guess, sort of summarize it to folks that hadn't watched a couple of games there at Lakefront Arena? Like, what kind of basketball team is this? You know, it's interesting. You bring about probably the most important time of the year for this team because in the non-conference games, the game against Rice at home was followed by a multi-team event that UNO hosted during Thanksgiving weekend in which they also lost a game they should have won. They lost at the buzzer on a putback against Presbyterian. Both the Rice and the Presbyterian games were ones where there was still experimentation going with the lineup and with the rotation. And I think this team really found itself, particularly that next week after Rice during that tournament, because Daniel Stackey was inserted as the third guard. He's a transfer from Valparaiso, a junior point guard. And that allowed a little bit more to be done off the ball for both Derek St. Hilaire and Troy Green, both of them on track to be first-team all-conference players. But even though they can handle the ball and facilitate, it was much better for them to be able to focus on getting themselves in the proper positions and looking for their chances to attack and score because when they're both on, this team's really good. And you talk about the athleticism, it's the size and the length on the front line, two transfers, uh, in the front court were so huge for them. Six foot nine, Tyson Jackson. Six foot ten, Simeon Kirkland. They're great two-way players. They can run the floor, so this team can continue to play fast, but also work an inside-outside game when they have to slow down in the half court. All of that really came together, uh, I would say, starting late in November and peaked after a big COVID issue mm-hmm. with the team that really hit them around Christmas. Fortunately, they were ready to roll come conference play, and it was a huge win to start off the Southland slate when they were able to beat Nichols at the lakefront to help set up how big this game is tomorrow. Yeah, 75-74 back on Wednesday, man. Um, What, 17 down to to come back and get that? You needed that one, didn't you? There's no doubt. After losing the previous two last week on the road, the team really felt like it was locked in and prepared for that game. But unexpectedly, HBU, like New Orleans, the two teams in our conference out of the eight that don't really depend on the three-point shot because they're not reliable from outside. Both teams came in at 32%. Well, you couldn't miss from the outside in the first (laughs) half. And that sort of snuck up on the privateers and surprised them. And it sort of exposed an issue for UNO the last three games. Really slow starts in the first half and having to play from behind. At least this time it happened at Lakefront Arena, and they were able to pull themselves together. Troy Green was huge with 28 points, but the defense picked up in the second half, and they did just enough to survive it. It's nothing like those games. I've called two or three this year for the women's team for Tulane, and, you know, player, actually, it just happened this past week when uh, Wichita State ended the the ladies' nine-game winning streak. Yeah, the player literally averaging four and a half points a game, and she you know, score 17, <laughs> knocks <Right>. down threes. <laughs> I mean, the team averages four threes a game. They got eight in the first quarter. You know, it's, when, when that happens, you just kind of just, well, I guess I did notes for nothing, didn't you? Yeah, the guy Bryson Long is that example for HBU, a, a solid player in their lineup and a spot-up shooter for them, but he was hitting – with hands in his face, knocking down threes. He hit four in about a span of three minutes, and all of a sudden you look up and New Orleans is down double digits. So those things will happen, and, you know, Mm -hmm. the coaches and the players can only prepare so much. When the unexpected happened, I think what you found out with a successful team like the Green Wave women, same with the privateers, they've had to battle back at times from adversity like Mm -hmm. that, and it shows your ability to contend for championships if you can – 
uh, respond in games, and particularly in the second half when you're behind. Put it together. Don't panic. Stick with your plan and find a way through it. And that's something UNO's done several times this year uh, in the Southland. And uh, you know, they haven't really blown out too many teams in the league. I think it's a pretty balanced league from top to bottom. But winning the close ones is, the, the, in the end, what really determines who wins the championship. Speaking with Jude Young, he's the voice of the privateers, CrescentCitySports.com as well. Go check out his work. We'll wrap up with this, Jude. Very simple, like I asked. Jack, give me the keys, man, for a UNO victory tomorrow on the road. Well, I think what it comes down to is what I just talked about with the slow starts lately. If the privateers fall behind the colonels in Stouffer Gym, where it's hard to win and it's really been hard for UNO over the past few years, then it's it's a bad sign. The, the privateers need to be in the game or you know within a possession or two or maybe have a lead if everything goes right in the second half because the emotion is going to be on Nichols' side. And when it comes down to it, the stars really need to shine. Ty Gordon's playing his best ball for Nichols right now. Uh, he's a scoring machine. He's terrific. But the same can be said for Derek Sainalair throughout most of the year, although he struggled lately if the privateers' leading scorer steps up and Troy Green carries over his performance Wednesday into Saturday, UNO will have a good chance to, to be able to get out of there with a victory. But make no mistake about it, Nichols will be favored for a reason, and it's going to be tough. But uh, watch that that sort of matchup in the end, Ty Gordon, Derek St. Hilaire. The winner of the game, the guy that leads those two teams, is going to be the conference player of the year. So there's so much at stake, and I'm sure the Stars are going to show up and play big time. It's going to be fun. I, I know Coach Clonch. He went into pep talk mode, man. Back in, uh, in hour number one, he was like, we want standing room only. He may tell the fire department to look the other way, how many people can stand in there. You mentioned that place being a tough place to play. This is what it's all about, though, right, especially from, like, what we do. Um, I my, my better games are when there's something on the line and you have an environment and every shot means something because it translates to the players. You absolutely see it, man. You see them Ding up. You, you every every three seems bigger. Every put back, you know, offensive rebound seems bigger. And when everyone's into it like that and a conference titles on the line, it's, it's what we dream of. Yeah, Gus. You know that every game, whether it's back in November or now. You go into it with storylines, with notes you want to get to about players and matchups, and we're trying to sell the broadcast, so to speak. But in situations <laughs> like this, you don't have to sell anything. We're going to be fired up. We're going to be reacting to what's around us and sort of show that to the people out there through the airwaves that can't watch it. It, it makes our job so much easier than you know the, the average game. And at the same time, you're right. That's what we get into it, to, mm-hmm. to be able to – to bring those moments to the folks out there who are listening. And I, I, I hope people realize what a big game this is and don't miss out on it, even if they're just friendlies that don't have a dog in the fight. This is going to be really exciting, and that gym is going to be loud. It echoes. It'll mm-hmm. be rocking. I'm sure it'll be close to standing room only. And you're right, I can't wait to be there. Yeah, much different than when we say, well, the dozens here this afternoon will enjoy the game. I mean, it's, they're, they're, Sadly, that is the dark side of it. That is. That's that what is. we really are not there, right? <laughs> it is. I, I've had uh, I've had my studio producer be like, dude, I can hear you breathing. I'm like, well, there's no one in here. What do you want to say? I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not breathing heavy. It is what it is. At Jude Young is the way to follow him on Twitter. Crescent City Sportsman, great work you guys do over there as well. And uh, we'll be catching up soon. Come tournament time, man, I'll check in with you again. No doubt about it, Gus. Yep. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Um, 
Before we take our break, about four minutes before we had our break, I want to kind of catch you up in case you're just joining us here as well. Have had a lot of guests that I want to kind of get onto today because there is a big game tomorrow over there in Thibodeau. But also, um, Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen spoke yesterday. So I definitely want to kind of get into that quickly since I got about four minutes before we go to the break. And first and foremost, Mickey Loomis was asked about Michael Thomas. This is what he had to say. Well, we're expecting to have Mike get back and, 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 you know, his progress hopefully is, is going well. And, you know, the reports are that it's been going well. Um, I know he certainly has, um, is certainly motivated. Michael's always motivated, so that's not an issue. Um, but, you know, Traquan's a, a free agent and, uh, Deontay Harris is a, um, RFA, so we've got some work to do. Um, to improve that room. <sighs> I, I just, I'm not the only one that heard that and went, eh. I guess they're planning on trying to re-sign Traquan Smith, huh? <laughs> How about I just put it this way? And again, look, he was a, a relatively high draft pick for them, so I understand it. I, I'm i ready to move on. I think I've seen enough. I, I don't know if you're going to see something different from him that you haven't seen in, what, three, four years? That's just me. Um if it's a very team-friendly deal, I'm in. If it's a multi-year, like I don't even know if I, I just, I, I just, maybe it's just me. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about this on Monday. I mean, especially when I'm hearing that the receiving group in the draft is outrageous. Um, Mel Kiper just came out and said, in the first round, he has six wide receivers. Just that. Yesterday, the receivers just blew the doors off. I mean, there's speed everywhere. There's speed everywhere. And um, Mickey Lewis got kind of touched on receivers being NFL ready. Yeah, I think that's um, – I, look, I remember, and this is maybe 10, 12 years ago, you know, the studies were always that it took receivers three years to, you know, get acclimated and right. – and really, uh, you know, get their feet on the ground and, and have success. And, and recently that it that trend has changed. And we've had guys come in right away as rookies and have significant success. And, um, you know, I think that's probably a reflection of the passing game in, in, in college and these guys being well coached at the college level. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that. I mean, just take a look at Jamar Chase and what he did. And again, I'm telling you, I mean, I, there's going to be receivers available I think at 18 or somewhere around that ballpark right now pair with Michael Thomas watch out I mean it'd be fun but of course everyone asked Mickey are you approaching the quarterback situation or approaching it you know with a sense of urgency that's for sure um but look we you know hopefully we can we can get something done with um you know with one of the guys that's available and and Jameis is certainly uh, an option for us, and, and hopefully we're an option for him as well. So, um, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll go through the process here and see what happens. What about trading up and moving around? Is that something that you would do, or even do you think a good quality quarterback's there at 18? Listen to this answer. Well, I th- I, yeah, I think that would be difficult, uh, just because, you know, when you when you're picking uh, in the latter half of the draft, you just don't know what's going to uh, fall to you, number one. So it's hard to target someone. And 
look there even if you you uh, um, you know decide you want to make a move forward you're limited in that you know moving from from uh, from where we're at at 18 into the into the top you know eight or ten picks is is really difficult it's expensive in terms of the um, draft capital you have to give up so it's unrealistic typically it can happen it's not impossible but um, pretty difficult to predict I don't know if you're going to have to move up that high to maybe get one that you may or may not like. Again, it, it just, it's crazy. Look at some of these mock drafts. I mean, I see Malik Willis as low as the 20s. I don't know if he lasts that long. I just do think there's going to be some teams that reach and try to get it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what if a guy like Matt Corral or something's there at 18. Do the Saints do that or just not go there? I mean, if I don't go there, I get a receiver. That's just um, coming up next, Marlon Favorite. A couple of Tigers at the Combine. We'll ask them about them next on ESPN New Orleans. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet from Etel Business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back, and we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it's wedding, festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or concert, Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases. Joe Septic Contractors can supply multi-stall restroom, air-conditioned trailers, anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Planning a luxury event? Check out their new black tie luxury restroom and shower trailers. Visit Joe Septic at Viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, and Abbeville. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. You know, normally we bring in Mr. Marlon Fave right at Big Fave 504. So we follow him on Twitter inside the trenches of the podcast. I normally would talk to you and start with football. But first off, good afternoon, Marlon. How are you? Well, good afternoon, Gus. All is well on this beautiful day down here in the Fireball. Watch out, now. You seem to be in a good mood, man, despite the fact that your uh, LeBron Lakers lost yesterday, 132-111. Kendrick Perkins this morning. You sit him down. You sit him down. A guy that's in year 19, that's 37 years old, that's banged up, that's out there giving it his all and his teammates are not. And his teammates are saying stuff like Russell Westbrook just said 
he didn't envision anything. Well, what the hell did you come to L.A. for? <laughs> Things aren't going well for LeBron and his teammates. <laughs> Y'all are right, man. You okay? I mean, Le- Le- LeBron's going to be fighting to make the playoff play-in game, bro. Yeah, it is a tough time right now on Lake Show. It, it is. It, it, it's a tough time, man. It's, you know, LeBron is getting up there in age. I'm oh, okay. getting these pictures okay. of Anthony Davis on Mary J. Blige album covers, talking about no more pain. Just all kind of stuff going on. It's just, you know, what Rich Paul did two years ago was great, man. Put together a championship team, and they won it all in the bubble. Man, you can't win them all, but to your point, Gus, hopefully they'll make a push. I hear uh, you. <laughs> I hear you. Um, look, man, the NFL Combine, it, uh, the workout started yesterday. Dean Lyman coming up here later on in the week. He got the, of course, um, quarterbacks, tight ends, and receivers went yesterday. Now, look, everyone obviously was paying attention to uh, LSU receivers the last couple of years. They don't have any of that kind of magnitude and stature coming out this year. At least they were at the combine yesterday, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some tigers to pay attention to, huh? Oh, of course. And Gus, I really want to start uh, on the offense and defensive line. Guys like Jason Hyde, Ed Ingram, Austin Deculus have a great opportunity of getting drafted earlier. If you look across the NFL, uh, Cincinnati, um, <laughs> generally speaking, uh, you look at Indiana, you look at um, Jacksonville, just different places that really need an offensive line. Seattle, those guys will have opportunities to get drafted early just because, in my mind right now, uh, you know, the, the, that position is a high, high position. Somebody who, in my opinion, just from the recent senior bowl, really since his senior year started, um, I had an opportunity to train with him uh, this offseason. I see really helped his stock out a lot, and that's Neil Farrell. A defensive tackle from LSU. Man, Gus, when I tell you this guy here possesses everything that you look for in a solid nose guard in the league, he has that, that height. He's not as tall as Albert Hainsworth, but he has a similar playing game uh, with him and really helped his stock out this year. So, you know, you have Ty Price there, Damone Clark, uh, Cardell Flock, just to name a few other guys. But, you know, those, those uh, four guys that I just mentioned really position themselves not only this season, uh, but in the combine, excuse me, the senior bowl and uh, interviewing so far. You know what's interesting? One of the things that you, you look at too, it, it's there's certain things that are measurable, right? And I always, I'm always very interested in things like this because there's new type of metrics and, and there's a acronym that you heard Sean Payton really reference a lot and Mickey Loomis a lot, RAS, the relative athletic score, right, of, of these players. And Look, on some of these things, it makes sense when I see receiver, quarterback, where it's hand size, speed, strength, all those things. When I see a receiver, speed, route running, all those different things. But when you look at the metrics like 40-yard dash, the 20 20 split, 10 split, shuttle, cone, all those different aspects of it, how how do you do that, though, with an offensive lineman and defensive lineman? Do they still... Do, do metrics, do, do numbers still measure how good a lineman can be as perhaps skill players? Well, Gus, my overall opinion about a lot of the events at the Combine is just for show, right? Um, but a good bit of events are to see how athletic a guy is. Like if you look at broad jump, vertical jump, um, 
with the offense and defensive linemen, when you get into like 40-yard dash, they're not really looking at that top number. They're really looking at the first 10 yards. That's okay. something I learned when I went to the combine. Now, I didn't run. I kind of did like what Derek Stingley doing today. He's not he's not participating I mean, throughout this week. He's not participating in nothing but interviews. And um, that's pretty much it. He's going to save everything else for his pro day. Of course, Kay Yark is going to take advantage of being invited to the combine as well. But for the most part, um, that's how the running went. I, you know, I talked to a lot of the scouts at the combine. I was like, what are y'all actually looking for for linemen? And they're looking for that first 10 yards. So for a, a lineman to run like a 1-4 or a 1-5, the average is like between – one five five and one eight is good for alignment because you know that puts you somewhere about north of four eight forty yard dash. So they're just looking for the, the ten yards, really. Like, and if you run a solid one seven, that's not bad. That that's pretty good for uh, for an interior lineman. I think one of the other things that is going to be interesting, too, is when you have those pro days. So the combine, Marlon, haven't been there. How much of it is the workout itself? How much of it is the interviews? Because now you, you have pro days. All these schools have pro days. So is it important to put some sort of number down? Because if it's good, you ain't got to worry about the pro day. If it's not that good, you got the pro day to help you. Is it, is it So is it important still that these players participate at the Combine? For a guy like Derek Stingley, no. Because at least 30 NFL teams is going to be at LSU's pro day. But for guys who got the invite that may be at a smaller school, um, like a, like a Bethune-Cook Bethune or a Louisiana College, because Mount Union, schools like that, scouts look at it. You may catch a D2 guy or one or two guys that, that may get that invite. They want to try to do everything in their power that they that, to, to try to do, do it at the combine because that's their opportunity. A few years back, I'll give you a, a, a great example. This might have been 2008, maybe 2008, definitely. Uh, Chris Johnson, running back for the Tennessee Titans, he went to, I want to say, Eastern Virginia or Eastern Carolina. He went to a smaller Division One school, but he ran a 4-2 at the combine, and then he turned heads, and his stock went up, and it's just this big deal about him. Well, that for the smaller school guys could be a huge advantage, right? Because you 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 now get in front of some GMs and some coaches that may have not seen you play against, let's say, Arkansas Pine Bluff, right? Whereas the guys that go to the bigger Power 5 schools, you know, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, those guys, you know, they can just go and interview and, and just do everything in their pro day. That's, that's exactly what I did. I, I, I interviewed, I bench pressed. And that was it. I didn't do anything else at the combine just because I had an injury and I wasn't ready to perform. Yeah, and I I think that's why you probably have seen since the days that you went, Marlon, places like your place, others. I mean, you have former NFL quarterbacks that have camps and schools that, you know, once the college season ends, that's literally where they go, right? Once you declare, they're gone. I mean, they're not even on campus anymore. That these places in California or what have you, to get combine ready. Yeah, you, you have places. Um, and, we, and we did a lot of that um, when, we, when we were coming out, but it's even more uh, prevalent now just because guys want to make sure that they're right. So you, you go to the different training facilities, 
for a few months, you, you might want to change scenery and go out to California um, if you're a down south guy. But that time frame, Gus, I'm glad you brought that up. It's specifically for guys to get the 40-yard dash down pack, the three-cone drill, because during the football season, we're really not doing this. To be honest with you, in college, we're really not doing that much. In the springtime, I think at LSU, we may have tested twice. I think my first year with Coach Saban and maybe my second year with Coach Miles. That's the only time I remember that we tested at LSU, 40-yard dash, three-cone drill. A lot of the stuff that we were doing in college was preparing uh, for the next season. So you have to reprogram your body to perform at a, at a, at a very high level and that's where these training facilities come in, helping guys with their first few steps in a 40-yard dash to stay low and not pop straight up. Mm-hmm. You know, three-cone drills, keeping it tight around the drill, so on and so forth. I mean, these things are uh, super important uh, moving forward uh, for these guys. to Just for this, just for these two events, just for the combine and for the pro day. Because when you get in training camp, we're not doing that many 40-yard dashes or nothing like that. Okay. So it's just kind of something to kind of keep an eye on, obviously, when you start looking at all these different, um, you know, athletes doing these drills and everything. And it's just, it's crazy now how at MathBomb on Twitter, he's just posting player after player using the all time relative athletic score. And what it is, is you're comparing these scores with players at that position the last couple of years and where you are and everything. So it's, it is interesting to kind of see how, you may compare to a player or not and, and how those metrics affect it. But I still say this, Marlon, maybe as we wrap up here, we got about two and a half minutes left. The tape matters to me. You know, that, that's all fine and any, some of these guys look great, but if you're supposed to be a first or second, you know, day pick, I mean, did you have success against schools and teams and players that you did? Like, that's my thing, like, with Sam Howell and all, and some of these other guys. Like, name me a game. Like, when some of these guys are coming out of UCLA, these quarterbacks and Rosen, I'm like, name me a game you even remember he upset somebody or beat somebody. Like, if you're going to make them your franchise quarterback, can you name me one game? Name, name me one play. Name me something that that separates yourself and you go, that dude is a Sunday player. I mean, because you know what I'm talking about, Marlon. You've played in games yeah. against games, had teammates. You're like, that dude's just another level than the other guy. I mean, think of guys like Tom Brady who who almost slipped through the cracks, but it was his performances in those big games, bringing it back for Michigan, that got him drafted or even gave him an opportunity. So you're absolutely right, Gus, in, in, in that instant. Like, it, it's the metrics and all of that stuff and the measurables. Uh, on one side, but the scouts and the really position coaches, they really got, they have that film on. They want to be able to watch, watch these guys when the lights on. Let me, let me check you out against Georgia. Uh, let me, let me check y'all out against when y'all played against Florida. They, they didn't want to pick the games that you did best, right? They want to see what you did in, in the games that you wasn't so great to see how you are in certain situations. And I think that's something that, that isn't talked about a lot, obviously, because it's, it's testing time and we're talking about their 40-yard dash, so on and so forth. But when it all boils down, it, it's really about the film of that player. Well, obviously, we'll let the weekend go on. We'll let the folks kind of recap and review things. And on Monday, we'll talk about some of the performances here as well. And you got homework, Marlon. Um, see how some of those Tigers sort of did here as well, what they may have to do or help themselves or not. Uh Come there, Tiger Pro Workout Day on April 7th, man. Appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the weekend. It is absolutely gorgeous. I'm looking at the clock. I got 29 minutes and I'm going outside. 
Yeah, exactly. For the weekend, uh, the, the Crescent City Kings, they play against Pensacola um, Jets uh, at, at, at Victory Field, man, at Joe Brown. So if y'all not doing anything 7 p.m., they got a little football, man, Crescent City Kings. Let's show all New Orleans sports some love, baby. Let's talk about the Kings next week, sir. Let's do that. Let's do it, man. I'm with it. Sounds good. Thank you, bud. Appreciate the time. So Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Up Nobody boils more Louisiana crawfish than Rouse's Markets. These guys are professionals. They grew up boiling on the bayou. Right now, you can buy Rouse's Markets Louisiana crawfish live by the sack for just three fifty a pound. Or get them hot from the pot. A 10-pound special of Rouse's Markets hot boiled Louisiana crawfish is only four forty nine a pound. Each batch has just the right amount of lemon, onion, garlic, heat, and down-to-bayou flavor. Rouse's Markets feels like home. The job search can be a frustrating journey filled with long, lonely hours on a computer and countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. No one wants to feel alone in their job search. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They save you time by sending you jobs you can apply for with one click, and they pitch your profile to employers. So you stand out. Job seekers, feel the love. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, starting trouble. No one likes that. We'll get you set up for some stronger starts. You might just need a fresh charge, and we'll take care of that free of charge. But if it is time for a new battery, we've got replacement batteries that'll fit your needs, starting at just $69.99. You can learn more about our battery selection at AutoZone.com. That's what makes us America's number one battery destination. Claim based on data from the NPD Group 2021. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams. And Max Kellerman. Dominique Foxworth with us now in studio. What's wrong, man? Nick, you not used to this? No, I'm not. I'm not built like y'all. You guys love it. It's not about the money, Max. You must love this. No, no, it's about the money. Show me the money! Would you not? Oh, yeah, it's about the money. No, it ain't. The money helps. I'm sure it helps, but y'all all all got enough to not do this if you don't want to. GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio. He's back. He's like to sing that when you shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Mr. Leo Haggerty, as always, joins us on Fridays to check in, to hang out, and to apparently pocket FaceTime me yesterday. Did you know you were FaceTiming me like three times? Yeah, pocket shot what can i say okay okay well, i was making sure i mean i didn't know if like you needed me or something i mean you know i at first i was like a mistake then you called me right back and then you know i i, I guess you just missed me um is that sort of like the tom brady thing does he miss football already it's only march 4th man we haven't even had free agency we haven't had the draft and and the guys this morning and yesterday on espn's national morning show were playing sound bites about him saying well you know i'm sacrificed there's a lot of people that think he's not done what do you think the question is uh guys is he done with the bucks and uh there's some rumors flying around that he may want to go somewhere else. Well, 
Bruce Arians and Jason Light squelched them real quick. Yeah, let me play that. This is what they said at the the combine. Here's the soundbite. Jason said this morning, Jason Light, the GM, he was on Good Morning Football, and he said that they would leave the light on. You guys would leave the light on. Door open, light on, all of it. Okay, so he's welcome. Obviously, you would take him back. You would want him back. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. But how, how do you leave the light on? Like, you're looking at other quarterbacks. You could draft a quarterback. You could sign a quarterback, trade for a quarterback. Well, then what if in August, if that light is still on, he decides that he wants to come back, and you went and found someone else. That other guy's number two. No matter what you pay for. Nope. No, Tom Brady's coming back. He's back. So there is a sentiment, however, that that's how, if Brady wants to play, he would play the scenario. Not to make uh, you guys look bad, no. but say, let you guys move on, and then when I do want to come back, you guys are stuck. No, that ain't happening. That's not Tom Brady. You don't think he would do that? No, not in a heartbeat. What if he asked for a trade? Nope. Not going to trade him? Nope. Bad business. Bad business. I'm not trading the best quarterback ever. Ooh! <laughs> I mean, I, I'm with Bruce. I mean, I, why would I trade you? And if you are, then you, that compensation is going to be pretty. But, Leo, you said it. There it is. Yeah, and it, it, Gus, the next part of that soundbite is that, yeah, by number one. I'll tell you what, if Aaron Rodgers is going for two or three, Brady's going for three or four. I mean, you're not getting... You're not getting the goat sheep, and that, that's what's going to happen. I, I think Tom Brady right now is having buyer's remorse, only because it's been so close, and this guy is so focused on what he does day after day after right. day. All of a sudden now, there's a big void in his life. And, you know, Ken Podolak told me real quick, you know, when you retire, you better have something to do because that void gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that may happen to Brady. But we'll see what happens, Gus. You know, it's interesting because one of the reasons we thought that it would happen is you just look at that Bucks roster, Leo, and is there's just not a, a lot there that you think is either coming back or aging. I mean, this week it looks like what the Bills are considering seeing if if Gronkowski wants to go play over there. I think that'd be a probably not a bad get for Josh Allen over there, right? That piece and that experience there. So, you know, what 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 a Fournette is Godwin going to stay or go back and. You know, when you think all those things, it sort of makes sense, but Brady signed that extension, right? So he's, he would, he would be a buck for a bit. Yeah, he signed it for another year at, it was a two year gig. And again, Gus, I said this on your show a couple months ago. I think when they first signed Brady, he told him I'd give him two years. They didn't expect to win the Super Bowl that first year. And then they're right. seven and five going to, going to the, the bye week. The Saints have embarrassed him. Kansas City beat them at home, and now all of a sudden they catch fire, get a bye week, get rested, win eight in a row. Bingo, they win the Super Bowl. I think Brady then came in and said, hey, you bring back the cast of characters, I'll give you two more years. And I think that's, I get I have nothing to base that on other than just what I'm watching and what I'm seeing. And I got a feeling after, and there were times, Gus, this year, he looked 44 years old during games. Mm. And I, I think he just got to a point. Now, I don't think he wanted to retire this way on Twitter, but I I just think he had probably gotten to a point where he looked in the mirror and said, what else do I have to prove? I got seven rings. I've been there ten times. <laughs> Time to move on, you know, play happy trails, get on the horse and ride away. It's funny you said that because I was going to say, man, I saw some games this year. I'm like, I think I, this guy can still play. I mean, obviously, now I'll say this. I, I do think – 
there's a certain age where that talent can't overcome average to below average talent. Does that make sense? Like, you know, when you have guys around you, if you can still perform at a certain level, and it with Brady was accuracy, still have the arm strength, you saw it. When there was, you know, um, injuries on the O-line, he lost his weapons. You don't have that athleticism. You don't have all of that that can maybe sort of help you go along it. But if if there's weapons, do you not think he could play another year at a, at a decently high level? Gus, there were more flashes of brilliance than there were flashes of deterioration. Okay, yeah. It was, it was there. But again, when Godwin went out, he was such a huge piece of this puck. They would run the Z screen five times a game like it was a trick play. And Godwin was a blocker. Uh, Gronkowski is still around. You know, Fournette. All of a sudden, Tom Brady's looking around saying, man, all my friends may be gone. And <laughs> Ali Marpet retires. they got to figure out Jensen and Kappa now. Three of the five linemen are gone. And again, he's not the most mobile guy in the world. But what he does, and Greg Cosell showed me this on film when I up to NFL Films. Brady is the best at stepping up back right or left to extend a play within the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, and that's his big bonus. That's his big forte. Is he doesn't have to scramble. He can go within the pocket. And, again, they get the ball out of his hands in a hurry to the playmakers. I'll tell you, man, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to sort of see what happens with all of these uh, decisions and moves that they have to be at quarterback this week also, Leo. I mean, it, it was not an endorsement of Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. I mean, you know, Frank Reich all but basically said, adios muchacho. I mean, it, this is the soundbite from Wednesday. You know, I, I believe in him. I, I stuck my neck out for him. You know, I stuck my neck out for him. So, um, you know, last year I was a big part of, big part of that decision to get him here. And then the GM said, I, I need somebody I can trust. I mean, it, it, that was not a ringing endorsement. You, you start looking around the league, and it just sort of feels like there's a lot of teams kind of looking elsewhere. But, Leo, you and I have talked about this before. If that elsewhere is somebody else's guy that they don't want, is that really better? Well, you know what, Des? you got to look at what he did in Philadelphia. Uh, he carried that team one year completely to the playoffs, got hurt, carried the team two years later to the playoffs, and got hurt in the game. If you can, Gus, I'm going to go back to my original Leo's number one axiom about quarterback. If they can throw the ball where they want to, when they want to, and who they want to, they're going to be a great quarterback. Now, the question is, can you protect him long enough to do that? And again, Carson Wentz just got gun shy in Philly. And mm-hmm. now he's got a great running back in Jonathan Taylor. He had. If you look at the last game, yeah, he did not play well. But the his 14 or 15 that he played, he, he had like four interceptions and, you know, 17, 18 touchdowns. What else do you want out of the guy? I, I don't know what they're looking for in Indianapolis. Right. But unless you can find somebody better, I think you stick with them. I mean, look, they, they did a segment this morning on uh, on First Take, or, or where SportsCenter is one of them, where they went through a list of like seven teams' quarterbacks you know, looking for a new one or not with all the guys at the combine. Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia is another. I mean, it's, it's, it really is incredible. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they want. Like, I, you know, it's not, I, I know everyone would love to have 
you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, they just all don't exist. I mean, or you, you guys, I guess, wait for them. I don't know. Let me ask you this. This just got posted. Chris Vanini, um, just posted NCAA football rule changes that could be out there. He's a senior college football writer for the athletic and he posted four proposed rule changes, Leo. One, second half targeting penalties can have further appeals before next game. Do you like that? I like anything that's going to change the rule on ejections for what basically becomes down to a penalty against the defender, no matter what the offensive player does. I agree. I They're lowering they're... their heads a lot of times. Oh. I, look, there's egregious ones. You can see those, you know. But all right, here's the other if one. The guy, yeah, Go ahead. If the guy leaves his feet and becomes a missile, whole different animal. But if he goes up and makes the tackle and that guy decides to duck his head and I'm going to hit him in the sternum and all of a sudden that's the cranium, that's him making that decision, not me. Yeah, that's, I do, that's, I, I do that's, think it needs to be open to interpretation from that extent, right? Uh, here's the second one. Create an investigation process for faking injuries. I know every coach wants this to happen, but here's the problem, Leo. You and I talked about it during the season. How do you do it? This is a no-win no matter what. Okay, you've got a guy for faking an injury, and all of a sudden the doctor comes out and says, oh, yeah, he's got an MCL. Mm-hmm. I, if it's a, you, you can't really legislate this. This is just something, if the guy takes the knee, you you got to honor it. And again, if he takes six or seven knees during the game, now you now you got a, a situation you can deal with, but Gus, it's just part of the game. you you got to deal with it, and that's all. No blocking below the waist outside the tackle box. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know what Georgia Tech's going to do because those wide receivers roll block you every play. So it's going to be, a, it's going to make it mano on mano outside the tackle box, which I think is good. The crackback doesn't need to be in football at any level. That, that just doesn't need to happen. You, you need to block a guy above the waist. You know, if you're going to block him below the waist, that's fine in, in a tackle box. But downfield, stand up, look him in the eye, and go block him. Okay. And finally, no fake sliding. Oh. The Kenny Pickett rule. <laughs> that's the Kenny Pickett rule. You're yeah. exactly right. I'll tell you what. I'm amazed he got through that game, and somebody on the defense the next series didn't just come in and lower the boom on him. Mm-hmm. And again, Steve Young made a career out of that, basically faking like he was running out of bounds in that. And thus, the way to stop the fake sliding rule is to stop the sliding. Tell the quarterback, you cross the line of scrimmage, you're a running back. Now you better hit the ground because you're going to get hit. No doubt. Um, I hear the music, so I I was going to give you two minutes here. Stick around for a quick sec. We're going to come right back to Leo. Buddy, don't hang up on him. He wants to... Give a um, a shout-out to a former coach here and what the the country's sort of doing to honor him. So, Leo, hold on. Got to hit the break. I'll be right back. Sports Hangover and ESPN Orleans. Time is money. 
Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it's wedding, festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or concert. Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases. Joe Septic Contractors can supply multi-stall restroom, air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Planning a luxury event? Check out their new black tie luxury restroom and shower trailers. Visit Joe Septic at Viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, and Abbeville. Nobody boils more Louisiana crawfish than Rouse's Markets. These guys are professionals. They grew up boiling on the bayou. Right now, you can buy Rouse's Markets Louisiana crawfish live by the sack for just three fifty a pound. Or get them hot from the pot. A 10-pound special of Rouse's Markets hot boiled Louisiana crawfish is only four forty nine a pound. Each batch has just the right amount of lemon, onion, garlic, heat, and down-the-bayou flavor. Rouse's Markets feels like home. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hi, Leo. Before we let you go, sir, there is something that you want to pass along to a lot of people and let people know about somebody that clearly made a difference in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, Gus, and thank you for this time. Coach Bruce Larson, 22-year head coach out at this small village in northwestern Wisconsin, Somerset, passed away of a heart attack on Sunday. Uh, Bruce was a three-time state champion. He was the national high school coach of the year in 2015. He is a legend out there. And as someone says, Bruce was Somerset. He affected so many lives out there. His son, Rocky, who's the head coach at Mayville State out in North Dakota, came up with a great idea. He put out, hey, would all the state coaches go to their field tonight at 7 o'clock Central Time, turn on your lights, take a picture of it, and put it on hashtag light up for Lars, L-I-G-H-T-U-P-F-O-R-L-A-R-S. Well, Gus, I put it national. I'm saying every football coach, because one of their brothers passed away, should go out to that football field, turn the stadium lights on, take a picture, and send it there. What a great tribute to a great man, a great coach, and a great human being. Leo, thanks for the words, man. Always a pleasure. And obviously, I think a lot of times we focus so much on pro sports. And obviously, look, that is a national pastime. It gets the most attention. It's on national television. But... We, we can't ever forget the impact literally your high school coach has on you, man. You know, so many people may not even know who those guys are unless you go to that high school. Sure, there's legendary high school coaches, JT Curtis, others around here, you know, things of that nature. But, man, just in a sport that may you may not even do anything but letter in, it, it has an impact on you. And, and you know, it, it should always be remembered. They make boys men, Gus. And I'll tell you what. It's amazing how many kids come back to me afterwards and just say, hey, coach, you were such an influence on my life. And it brings a tear to my eye for that. But, uh, hey, Gus, have a great time in Fort Worth, huh? 
Hopefully. <laughs> let's, let, let, let's see how it goes. It depends who you ask. If you ask my wife, she's like, you're going to be gone how long? I'm like, well, you have to win. You have to win. I'll get there Monday night. Um, and then if we play Tuesday, if we win, it's Wednesday. If we win, it's Thursday. And that's it. It's the title game. I says the most is three days. That's it. You know? Yeah. And Gus, I'll tell you what. I, I asked Coach Fernandez the other day. I said, is the AAC Women's Conference kind of like the Rodney Dangerfield women's basketball? You're getting no respect. Gus, he lost it. He just started laughing. And right. I'll tell you what. If this thing goes according to Hoyle and you got UCF playing the winner of Tampa, uh, South Florida, and Tulane, it's going to be two damn good basketball games. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I think March Madness is going to set up to be something else. Leo, we saw last weekend teams one through six lose, right, uh, this past Sunday. That That's never happened. And and so I don't know. I don't know if this is the year you're going to see multiple upsets, you know, in March Madness. Who really is the favorite? Who's that team that sort of gets hot? I, I'm kind of interested to see once the tournament gets going. Maybe the conference tournaments give us an idea. But you know what? I got on to the uh, ACC basketball coaches teleconference, and I asked that exact question okay. of Jeff Capel, Jimmy Laranega, and I said, I know it's not a good loss, but is it a productive loss? Because now you get your team's attention completely going into the tournament. They said every loss is a productive loss. We learn from it. And right now, Gus, look at Arizona. Arizona goes out to Colorado and gets clubbed. Mm-hmm. And they just destroy USC the next game. Look at Kansas. Look at these guys. The next game, man, I wouldn't want to play them because they just went out and and they're drilling people simply because now the coach has their undivided attention at the right time of the year. Leo Haggerty, as always, man. Appreciate the time, buddy. Talk to you next Friday, Gus. Sounds good. There he goes. Um, About two, three minutes here before Matt Moscone and after further review comes up next as we're talking about there's a lot to be uh, touching on uh, at the end of this weekend. We'll kind of go over who stood out, who did. And again, Kenny Pickett had one of the highest grades yesterday. NFL Network said he was the star in the quarterbacks. Um, everyone's focusing on his hands. He he throws with two gloves, Teddy, two gloves. That's to help him get the grip. Um, there's quarterbacks out there, including Clint Sterner, who I work with from Arkansas Game Day, um, who does a show in Houston. He says, look. Larger hands help with the grip, with the strength, and you do have an advantage. Can you play or not? Here's Mike Tannenbaum on him. Context is everything. You know, he did um, have 27 fumbles, so um, that that would be a little bit of a concern. So it's not just um, what his hand size is. It's you know, it's hand size plus you know some of these other things like 27 fumbles. So that would be as big a concern as, as much as the measurement. Again, folks, he's probably one of, one of the better throwers. Malik Willis is one of the better athletes. How about that competition at Liberty, all those things? It's just going to be interesting when we get to the draft. Who reaches? Who doesn't? Who um, waits? And, and where they are. I'll say this again. For you Saints fans that are, are hungry at receiver, it is chock full. Like, if the Saints wait to 18 and then draft the best receiver on the board, chances are it's going to be a good one. Mel Kuyper has six receivers going in the first round. And um, we'll see where they go. 
We'll see where they go. A lot of mock drafts don't have them going too high. There'll be a run in those teens, early 20s. Let's see what happens with the Saints. Uh, had a fun week. It should be fun coming up next week here as well. We got a lot of baseball, basketball news to go in and over. So enjoy the weekend. Beautiful weather. And thank you as always for tuning us in. Matt Moscone and after further reviews up next. Thank you, buddy. See y'all later. Adios. Thank you, Jordan.